Welcome to the Kids Ministry and Leadership Podcast. My name's Andy. Today, I want to talk about a generational mentality. Psalm 78, verse 4, then 7 and 8. We'll just skip a few out. That's okay. Um, It says this, We'll not hide these truths from our children. We'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about His power and His mighty wonders. Picks up in verse 7 then. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Today I want to talk about the value of having a generational mentality. See, the earth's population is currently comprised of six generations, which makes the generation in which we are all living quite dynamic, diverse, and disconnected all at the same time. While aspects of this reality can feel discouraging at times, God has given us this unique opportunity in time to share our values between many generations. We need to together commit to intentionality, passing on what we have received from God to the next generation. Jeremiah 6 verse 16 says, This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you'll find rest for your souls. So for us right now, looking back along the ancient past to be able to point the future generations to walk forward is about intentionally marrying up these six generations. To break it down, we need to intentionally lead our children and others to the truth of God's word. We need to intentionally show our children and others that they belong in God's family. And we need to intentionally help our children and others discover God's divine purpose for their lives. So to help us understand where we're at, let's take a look at where we currently sit with this unique time in history when six very different generations coexist in the world. I'd start by saying that we're a dynamic generation. I mentioned before that that we are dynamic in nature. What I mean by that, Exodus 3 verse 15, is where God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Um, Dynamic in nature by the fact that God's plan is for generational living. The plan is for God's ancient ways not to be broken down, but to be passed on. This is dynamic. There's always a plan to have generations above, beside, and below us. This is the nature of a family. Now, there was a time in biblical history when all three of these generations were alive together. And this dynamic time was when Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could all pass on and learn new ways. Abraham uh, would have been shaking his head, saying to Jacob, when I was a boy, like it, it all is contextualized, right? I think of today, you know, I'm now saying things to my kids that I would hear my dad say. When I, you know, when I was a kid and you're saying those ones, I used to go out and play till the till the to the lights came on outside and it, just all those things that you would hear, but that's the nature of a shifting generation. I'm now moving older in age and I'm needing to realize that the way I think has started to shift, but it also hasn't shifted that far from the way that my parents thought when they were 42. There is dynamic differences, but what causes it dynamic is it actually isn't a whole lot different. So to help understand first, let's talk about the different generations and what six generations I'm talking about that coexist and live together. First of all, it's the silent generation. That's the name that was given to this group. They were born from 1928 to 19. 19- 
45, where now on the, um, on, uh, they're obviously the eldest in our generation or in society right now, and we're starting to see that generation um, fade out as we get ready to go into a new generation um, that I'll talk about in a moment. Boomers is the next, 1946 to 1964, if you're born in that region, is what we would call boomers. Gen X falls from 1965 to 1979. Um, Millennials, or Gen Y, is 1980 to 1995. Gen Z is 1996 to 2012, while Gen Alpha, the latest generation, is 2013 to 2024. And so we are at the tail end of this generation, and in 2025, a new generation will come about. Um, they've gone silent boomers, then Gen X, Y, and Z, and then they shifted. Gen Alpha, the term, was actually crafted by an Australian researcher, McCrindle, Mark McCrindle, who used the term first, Gen Alpha, and, uh, and, and then the new generation starting in 2025. Let me summarize this. This is um, a, a little bit of a joke, but this is the way it looks. It's boomers own the house, silent, um, well, we've built you an apartment out the back, Gen X are in the garage of the boomers. We're all trying to wake up the millennials who slept in till 10 a.m. Meanwhile, the Gen Z are playing COD and Gen Alpha have lived at least the last two or three years in lockdown. This is crazy that all those six generations are together and not all have their family on site, but it characterizes the heart or the mindset of some of these generations. So in a mix of technological advances over the past 10 to 30 years, we wonder why we're living in such a dynamic moment in history. But what an opportunity for us all to see God do something truly amazing and learn from the old, understand what is now, and even look into the future in the way that our Gen Alpha and the Gen Z think and lead through life. The second thing I'd say is that we're a diverse generation. Um, it, let's even separate these into th- in, in, in half. So the first three, when we've got silent boomer, and, uh, and, and Gen X, um, life was slower paced for them growing up. Um, their faith had a shared value. Even around society, there was a shared value around society. Trust was high. There's a high level of trust for one another in society. And morality, um, there was high standards. Uh, for the millennial, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, life seems frantic if you would compare that to the slower pace of the previous generations. Uh, Faith is pushed to the margins. I would say that trust is broken. We're quite skeptical and unsure and, 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 and not high levels of trust around with one another. And uh, when it comes to morality, there's a moral intolerance. What I mean by moral intolerance is that, that um, we're shaping and forming what my views are and I have an intolerance to others on on what the moral standing would look like. This is hard when you when you when you look at that. So now when I say yes, it's dynamic and we all come together, then we can start to see that there's some large separations that can start to happen. It's where people are not embracing the old and and even learning from the older generations or it's where the older ones are saying well in the you know back in the day this was better and they're stuck back there not wanting to embrace um, technology or even not embracing innovative thinking, not embracing the way that most uh, Gen Zs even work 
and operate these days. And so understanding this within a workplace, within a church, within a large community is important. The third thing that I'd say is that we are a disconnected generation. Judges 17 verse 6, it says, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. That's an interesting verse, that one right there. Um, I, I would I would think in when it comes to that, that I'd put it this way, that in the world today, and I mentioned before, the king, or there's no king, there's no Lord. God has been pushed to the margins. And right now, I would say that that scripture sums up society and how we're living. It would be they're doing their own thing. They're definitely, people are living their own way. And so these are some uh, generational uh, differences of what we've got in this disconnected. Uh, Margaret Mead, a cultural anthropologist, there's a word for you right there, anthropologist, she said this, throughout human history, in all cultures, parents and grandparents have helped their young understand life and the future. However, I anticipate that a time is coming where technology and culture changes so fast that for the first time in human history, children will have to figure out for themselves what their values will be. This is um, where I want to challenge that I don't want to leave it up to chance or leave it up to technology for my children or my children's children to start to learn about culture, faith, community. Uh, In a recent study by One Hope, it was called Family Matters. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. Um, Family Matters, it unpacked a whole lot of uh, research around the family breakup. And it was saying one in three parents feel that they were doing an adequate job or felt comfortable in their parenting. Two thirds of don't feel comfortable in that. What it goes into and looks is what conversations that we have. And what was interesting is that most conversations that parents want to have are not about faith, not about values, are not about sexuality, not around some of these topics. Then when we ask the parents, uh, what are you most concerned about? They're most concerned around faith, values, sexuality, and they're the things that they're obviously having hard times having conversation. When you align that with a conversation where you say, what can we help you with resources? In the lowest three at two, three percent are these areas, faith, values, sexuality. And so here we've got this point where parents are saying, we're struggling to talk about this. We know that it's important. So then when asked, what can we help you with? It's the lowest thing that people want. We're at a moment right now where people don't want to pass on these values, where they don't want to put the effort and doing this. And so uh, by pure absence, we're now allowing the young people to find out the answers in life from technology. I don't want AI to be answering the biggest questions on life. Um, I actually want AI to be used as a tool to unpack and think. And right now across Australia, it's just been approved in education that as of 2024, AI chat GPTs can be used in the education space. I think it's an incredible advancement to go forward, but also should be with caution because what is coming out is now being received as fact by young people. And what we need to do is have and open up conversations around these big topics. A generation mentality, um, when I think of that, it looks like having 
a holistic look at generations and incorporating and 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 letting the voices and the thoughts and the experiences come together. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. It's this passing on of values. It's the passing on of faith. It's the passing on of the word of God. 2 Timothy verse 2 puts it this way, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. You see, we personally receive from God and we intentionally pass it on to other people. So how can we do this? How can we do this aspect of personally receiving from God, but also playing our part in this generational mix to intentionally pass on to others? Well, I think it's a posture of learning from those above. It's a posture of learning from those around us, but it's also a posture of learning from those younger than us and together coming together and, and, and looking at um, these values and faith together. So it's hard to give what we don't have, obviously. So the question is, in what ways can you be intentional about receiving from God so that you can give to others? It always comes back to that personal responsibility, not as a pastor, not as a leader, not as someone who has a title in leading a kid's ministry or a leader in some form or area, if you're listening today, but as a believer of Christ, what responsibility do we first take personally? The second question is, how can we then communicate to our children that they belong in God's family? What are some practical ways that we can help them take hold of this truth and passing on values? What habits of behavior are we establishing in our home? Uh, I know for Christy and I in our home, it's that habit of prayer. And it takes on different shapes and different forms, whether in the morning of prayer, over the day, declarative over what the day looks like, and at night, a shape of thankfulness. It's a a moment of reading the Bible, a a moment of doing devotions, of having conversations around the dinner uh, dinner table. These habits are so important. I'd I'd ask what habits are we personally doing and then what can we model to other people? As fathers, mothers, church leaders and influencers, we can look at ways to get Bible literacy as a high focus. Uh, Right now in the last uh, few months, we've launched something called the Bite Size Bible. You can go to thebitesizebible.com and you can download this free resource to help you enhance and add uh, Bible literacy into the homes of the church community that you happen to be a part of. There's no logo on that. It's not branded a certain way. Download it, put your logo on it. And really what it's about is just doing small bite-sized devotions and unpacking scripture with kids. It's so important to take this moment and to model this. I think the kids' Bible experience on version is another way. It's these short moments of Bible engagement. The other thing in thought around this is, is to ask the question, what ways can you affirm and challenge the next generation to live out their God-given purpose? Discipleship at its finest form is when we look at Jesus and he's calling the disciples. And so as he's calling the disciples, we find this text in Matthew 4, verse 18, and, and I'll pick it up and read here. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw, under, underline that, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. For they were fishing for a living. Jesus called out to them. That's the second bit. Called out to them. Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. They left their nets at once, and they followed him. There's three thoughts here. Um, 
that Jesus did that we can model as we look to do a generational mindset or how to outwork this? First of all, he saw them. And and I think for us, as I was saying before, we need to see the kids in their generation and see them in their setting and their mindset or where they're at and not just assume or not even just to apply our childhood or our upbringing or even us now as adults, our mindsets upon them. Let them be kids. Let them be kids. Let them grow up and have fun and and, and do what they do right now. It just looks and it's shaped a bit different. There's more technology involved. I think sometimes it's the get outside and do this. Yeah, I think that's positive. I think that's fantastic. But also, what about um, engaging with them where they're at as well and doing things from both sides? See them. I think the second thing that Jesus did was he called them. He called them into a future. And I think for us, what we need to do is call young people into the future of what they've got. The timeless message of Christ, the timeless message of the Bible is us teaching and establishing and taking the time to call them into the future of what they are to live. I think the the verse that gets quoted so often is train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. And so often this training we think is instruction. Training is teaching. Training is telling them what to do. Whereas in the Hebrew, train means to consecrate, to uh, to consecrate to the Lord. And so to dedicate. And so uh, often in churches, we dedicate children. We get them up on stage. We pray for them, get a cute Instagram picture. But really it's the consecration of saying, this child that's born was formed by you, God, and we we dedicate or consecrate them back to you to live out the purposes. And as parents, it's our job to help bring out the best. So it's it's train up a child in the way they should go. Train up a child. The way they should go is the way that God first intended. So we need to dedicate the child back to God to the, live out the purposes that he first wanted them to live and he created them for. So when they're old, they won't depart. Or when they're old, these habits of behavior that we've established in the home will be there. I think that's it. It's the calling them into that. Jesus saw them. He called them into what they were created to be. And he spoke out the purpose. I'll show you how to fish for people. He gave purpose. And for us, for young people, I think as... uh, Uh, the older generations, the greatest thing we can do is to disciple and coach them into the purpose that they have. And that is to love God, to love others. So it's our responsibility not to be so leadership focused that we forget about what Jesus asked, and that's discipling one another, calling out the purposes of God in one another. So a generational mentality, we personally receive from God, we intentionally give it to others. Well, as I wrap up here today, I'd just like you just to start to think, what are some ways that you can practically and personally do that? What can you shift this week where you can personally receive from God, make some adjustments that you can then model to those around you, but we can then intentionally give it to others? Well, it's been great having you with us today on the podcast. We look forward to having you with us next month, and we'll continue more conversations around faith, life, and leadership. 